Hey, everybody, and welcome to High Spirits. This is Jay Steigman. With me, as always, is my pal, Noelle Schmidt. That's right. High Spirits is a podcast in which the two of us talk about ghosts and we drink alcohol. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Noelle, uh, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight, I am drinking Liberté. <laughs> I like uh, the way you say it. Liberté Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, I like this because it's got like a Grecian lady on it. Yeah. Um, and she's got a cool, uh, grape tattoo on her right bicep, um, which (laughs) I'm like, I kind of want that. (laughs) Yes. You should get that. I feel like that would be fitting. Um, and then there's a lot of description on the back. So cool. It's a very classic looking bottle. Liberté, get some grapes on you. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm drinking something that's brand new to me. I'm drinking something out of the Odell Brewing Company, which is in Colorado. I normally drink locally. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm, you know. You're I'm, branching out. I'm branching out. I'm doing a little you drifting. It's okay. You know. They'll understand. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Illinois proud, but uh, going to drink some Colorado tonight. Listen, Half Acre Revolution, Free Floyd's, all of those. Yeah, start paying my bills Once and I'll you drink you. Once start paying our bills and... <laughs> We're all in, buddies. I'll drink it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm drinking tonight. It's something called Drum Roll APA, which stands for American Pale Ale. Durr. I wish I could do a good drum roll. Yeah. So, thank you for sponsoring us, Odell Brewing Company from Colorado. Yes. I've never heard of them before. They're actually, they're, what, I don't have to say actually. They're really good. I've actually been to their, um, um, Place of business, oh, the brewery. Yes, yes, that's right. They call it a brewery. Yeah, they do. They uh, do. Yeah, it's a very scenic can, very scenic uh, scene mm-hmm. <laughs> on the can. I like it. Beautiful country out there. The Rocky Mountains featured there. Yeah. Um, how have you been? <clears throat> it's been a while. Well, um, <laughs> it's been a long, strange trip. <laughs> it sure has, I pal. have a uh, perforated eardrum. Again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm having a very hard time hearing. So if I sound weird or whatever. I'm, what you can't see right now is I'm actually facing Jay so she can read my lips. I, it actually is very <laughs> true. Stop making so much eye contact. I can't help. I, I want you to know what I'm saying Ew. at all times. Stop. What if I just talked like this don't through the do whole it. thing? And also blink. I can't. When I, <laughs> when I over-articulate, I can't blink. <clears throat> I don't think I've blinked yet. No, it's weird. I don't uh, like it. All right. You're staring at me and not blinking. <laughs> <laughs> and in light of my tale today, that's just not what I want to be into. Nope, 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 nope. All right, guys. Um, well, today uh, we are doing something that's in the news right now. Get it, get 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 news. I think we did that right. So you guys, starting this weekend and then even today, it was in the Sun, which is a British rag. Um, not the Chicago sun times. No, no, no. The, the, the London sun. Um, people have been following this story, uh, of this Twitter guy named Adam Ellis who goes by Moby underscore dickhead. He sounds like a real treat. He, you know what? Right now he is giving me life. I mean, I want to hang with this dude. Right? He is... He's killing it. Basically, on Twitter, what he is doing in 140 characters every once in a while is updating everybody on this ghost story. Mm-hmm. This ghost he has in his home. Yes. Um, so, I want to I want to talk about it. Um, if you don't know about this, um, well, I'll tell you all about it. But I was also... You can, you can check... Um, I follow him on Twitter now. So, follow Moby underscore dickhead should you like. 
But you should also listen to this entire episode and then rate it with five stars on iTunes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, please do that. <laughs> because you liked it so much. Uh-huh. Just be like, that chick who is half deaf is amazing. <laughs> be like, you're welcome. Right. <laughs> and her friend's okay, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. All right. right. So, Adam Ellis claims the ghost of a dead child is haunting his New York apartment. Uh, he also claims that this ghost is trying to kill him. He's doing this in late night tweets. Okay. Now just a quick background. Um, Adam Ellis is an illustrator, which is why he drew that picture so well. Yes. Okay. This will come up in a second, but he drew a picture of his ghost and I was like, God, that's a really nice rendering. He's an illustrator. Right. And then I couldn't <clears throat> sleep for the night. Yeah. Anyway, he says he woke up to see a child with a huge misshapen head tended on one side, uh, who was sitting in a green rocking <clears throat> chair by the end of his bed. Um, can I, can I yeah. just say one thing about the green rocking chair? Sure. Um, the Twitter sphere was, um, all up in arms about the green rocking chair. Why? They're like, why do you have a rocking chair in your room? You're just inviting ghosts. Like this is ghosts. Like this is what ghosts do. They make rocking chairs move. Why would you do this? And he was like, what? yeah, didn't you see that? <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> like all the comments are like rocking chair, <clears throat> rocking chair. Why would you do this? And, um. So Adam posted a picture of like like the sales photo. Mm-hmm. It looks like basically like one of those like trendy green IKEA short sure. rocking chairs. So it's like the bucket seat with like the it just rocks. And yeah. he was like, "Listen, this is like not a rocking like this is not a traditional rocking chair. This it doesn't is what matter. It like. It's it people of the ghostiverse. You can have anything in your home. You can have a rocking chair, you can have a seashell, right. you can have a record player." It doesn't mean that you're inviting ghosts. No. I mean, so my child has a mini rocking chair in her Girl, room. Every every child has a rocking chair because they're fucking fun. Right. And, and everybody with a porch has a rocking it, chair because they're fucking fun. Right. It was um, my husband's when he was a kid, and so it's been handed down. And it definitely looks like an old rickety rocking sure. chair where her one of her dolls now resides. And it's creepy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You really because, shouldn't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll be reading her story at night, and I've got, like, one eye on the rocking chair just waiting for it to move. That's amazing. Yeah. And I like it very much. So, it's a thing. Calm down, Twitter. So, August 7th, there's a tweet storm from Adam. <clears throat> I don't know Adam, by the way, but I'm just going to call him Adam. Okay. I mean, otherwise it would just be weird. You don't know say. Adam from Eve, you would say? <laughs> I guess. Um. So, Adam Ellis, I don't know you, but... I'm going to tell your story on this podcast. Keep on keeping. Um, So most of these tweets came from August 7th. So I'm just going to kind of do them in order just so we can kind of see what's going on. He writes, something strange is happening. So my apartment is currently being haunted by a ghost of a dead child and he's trying to kill me. He started appearing in dreams, but I think he's crossed over into the real world now. For a while, he just stared at me, but then he got out of the chair and started shambling toward the bed. These are different tweets. I couldn't move because I was paralyzed. I have sleep paralysis fairly often. It sucks. Understatement of a lifetime. Yes. <laughs> and if you... By the way, that's in parentheses. I have sleep paralysis fairly often and it sucks. I could not feel more badly for you. Moby underscore dickhead. <laughs> it really does. It sucks. It's terrible. And if um, if you haven't listened to our episode on sleep paralysis, go back to it. It's episode like... Some. Something. <laughs> Uh, professional podcasters. <laughs> there's also an awesome Netflix document documentary called The Nightmare about it. Check that out. I am the only person in America that did not find that scary. It's not. I didn't think it was scary either. Okay. I, thought, I thought it was fascinating. Um, I saw so many people 
on the internet, like, be like, this is the scariest thing. Right. I, I, think, kind of I think you sent goofy. me the link, or I sent you the link, and yeah. I was like, we're doing this. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting as fuck, but the documentary itself is kind of doofy. Right. True. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but one, like... That guy with his cell phone. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I broke my cell phone, but then I woke up, and my cell phone wasn't broken. <laughs> <laughs> that guy... Needs some help. Um, (laughs) A lot of them needed some help. He's, like, severely sleep-deprived, which leads me to my point. Like, Mm -hmm. if you are so stressed out, like, this is, like, a big thing with sleep paralysis is that if you are uh, really stressed out and you're suffering from insomnia because of sleep paralysis or because of things that are happening during sleep paralysis, it's only going to... Um, make the sleep paralysis worse and it's going to continue. So the only way to cure it is is to to sleep sleep and remove that stress. So this is a real thing that's happening to this guy. It's no good. Yeah. Because it's just going to keep happening. All right. Um, So uh, we left off with um, the uh, dead child starts shambling towards the bed. Yes. Right before he reached my bed, I woke up screaming. I had another dream a few nights later where I was in a library and a girl came up to me and said, you've seen dear David, haven't you? I was like, who? And she said, dear David, you saw him. She continued. He's dead. He only appears at midnight and you can ask him two questions. If you say dear David first, then she added, but never try to ask him a third question or he'll kill you. So wait, in his dream, he was at a library and he saw this girl. Yes. And it wasn't a girl he knew, right? As far as I know. Okay. And it doesn't clarify whether she's dead or alive. So I'm assuming. I trust that she was like a librarian. Yeah. Maybe she's just like the Hermione Granger of this story. Yeah. I have an image of her wearing like a plaid skirt and like glasses. (laughs) She's very 1960s. She totally does. She has the headband. Like, okay. Me, I was just like, it's like, cause he's in New York. I just assumed like, it was like some gal from NYU who's (laughs) right. (laughs) Like just wearing sweats, phoning it in, doing some work. (laughs) Right. It could be, it could be. You know, I'm my not girl, a diss. Listen, in college, girl, I don't think I ever looked nice. No, why would you? <laughs> what? Who are you there doing? Self care. Okay. So then he writes, "I was very shaken. Having two dreams about the same thing is pretty weird." Anyway, a couple of weeks passed by without incident. He's tweeting all this on the same night, though. Okay. Then David came back in another dream. Same situation. I was in bed, and he was sitting in the rocking chair near the window, staring at me. In the dream, I say, Dear David, how did you die? He mumbles, an accident in a store. I say, Dear David, what happened in the store? He groans. A shelf was pushed on my head. I'm frozen with fear. I ask, who pushed the shelf? David doesn't answer. No! (laughs) He writes in another tweet, I realize that I've asked a third question, which I'm not supposed to do. At that point, I wake up. Absolutely terrified. David replied, it was an accident in a store when a shelf was pushed on my head. So. Have we Googled <clears throat> to find out if this has happened to anyone? He Maybe did. David? He actually, he, well, he, on his own tweets, I left it off because I thought it was kind of boring. <laughs> but um, he looked around like some New York reports to see if he, there was right. a little boy named David. And he even looked up some other names like Devlin, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, Davine yet yeah, to know, to know, uh, avail right. that said, I mean, you're going to have to 
you're going to really have to dedicate your life to some research on this. Like to right. find out what store and where and why when. and when it doesn't have to be a co- contemporaneous ghost. I mean, this could be like a 200 year ghost. Uh, it could be like a now ghost. Right. I don't know. What if this is, yeah, this could be just like a missing persons thing where like maybe like it was an accident and whoever did it was like, oh no, what will I do with the body? And they buried the body <gasps> into the building where he lives. <clears throat> oh, I think we cracked the case, guys. <laughs> I mean, oh my God, you should have a television show. <laughs> oh my God, this is so good. You're fast. Uh, that's where my brain immediately went. I to love that. it. He is buried somewhere in the floorboards. Dear David is in the floorboards. Yeah, and he's that's why he's so pissed. Yeah. Well, okay. Nobody so, knows he's dead. Now that he has this information about midnight, and okay. now he has this information about, like, he's asked Dear David three questions by mistake. Right. He starts to freak out because his cat's start gathering outside, just outside the door uh-huh. or like in front of his door by the hallway. Okay. Um, waiting and watching <laughs> like their tails up and like super bushy. And it looks like they are, um, they're ready to pounce. They're ready to pounce. Okay. So he has pictures of this on Twitter. This is all cat, on Twitter. How many cats are there? I think there are two. Okay. <clears throat> um, so and like we, we've shown that there's no laser pointer at the door. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I can tell, no. He's photoshopped that out. Right? I can't. Um, there's a picture, too, of, like, he's put salt around the door. Um, really? He's yeah. gone that far? Oh, okay. I'll tell you. He's, he's even gone further. Okay. Anyway, so I'll read you a couple more tweets. So, um, last night I got, the weir- uh, I got a weird feeling and looked out the peephole, and I'm dead certain I saw movement on the other side. <clears throat> when I opened the door and turned on the hall light, nothing was there, but my cat seemed unnerved, bushy tails, etc. And that's where I am right now. Dear David found me, I think. I don't know what to do. I'll keep you updated. Oofta. Right? So here's a couple of things, like, uh, on his Twitter page that he has pictures of doing. He's basically kind of trying to ghost bust. Okay. He's, like, self-ghost busting his situation. I like him so much. Yeah. So he's saging. So he's done a bunch of stages. He's done the smudges. Uh-huh. The smudging. Okay. Uh, I did see a picture of you, Adam, with a Ouija board. Not okay, buddy. Come on. Amy Allen would be so disappointed in you. I mean, but it's not going to, it is just for entertainment purposes only. So you're in theory, you're fine, but like, take it easy. Go back and listen to episode 44 (laughs) or something. I think I'm pretty sure it's 44. Okay. Um, That's a recent one. Oh yay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yay me. Yay. (laughs) No, I'll have short term memory. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he's also done pictures and Polaroids. So he's like, kind of like, okay, there's a picture of him. Like, Taking a picture through a keyhole, maybe you can see a shadow, maybe you can't. Right. Yeah, I saw I saw the peephole <coughs> photo, and we'll post this stuff, you guys. Oh yeah, we'll post all it. Um, and it's it's hard to tell. It's kind of a it's a cool shot. Like yeah. if he oh, is yeah. actually doing it through the peephole, um, it's hard to tell. It does look like there's some kind of shadow there for sure. Um, but it looks kind of boxy. Like it's it's just hard to tell. Like you know and. That's the thing we've talked Photography about. Photography is always hard to tell. Right. And we've talked about this. I took a picture of myself today and it looked like there was a ghost in the background. Yeah. My assumption is there wasn't. I trust that there I was mean, not. I trust that there wasn't, too. But I was just on my cell phone. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Uh, right. It's not like, the, I, and I'm saying this just because I looked at this picture last night. That picture of Mary Todd Lincoln with um, oh, like Abraham the, Lincoln. Like <laughs> superimposed behind her, touching her shoulder. The fakest picture of all Oh time. my God, it's amazing. I laugh. I was like sitting in my bed doing research and just like burst out laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, photography is tough. And like, it's so, well, and we've talked about it before, like being diurnal beings, like everything at night is spooky. Everything. Every shadow you see, everything, like it could be something, but it's probably nothing. It's horrifying. It's I the mean, way the if I were hitting. this guy, I would find all of this horrifying. It's easy for me to say, it's yeah. not light out, but it's easy for me to say, you know, quote, unquote, in the light of the day, this isn't scary. I mean, if I were even in my bed and this has happened, and I hear something mm-hmm. in the main part of my house, I lose my mind. Yeah, totally. I get so terrified, and then I stand up with all my bravery, and then I walk into the kitchen with all my bravery, and right. then I turn on a light or two, like, summoning all the bravery inside of me, and then I'm like, oh, my recycling shifted. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, it's like, I don't. I do not leave my bed. I just hope for the best. I do. I, I just have... watch the door with the covers pulled up to my chin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I've even gone out to the porch. You are that guy. I'm so brave. I just assume that when those things happen in movies, I'm like, this is not a real thing. Nobody does that. Nobody's like, who's there? Oh, I Show do. yourself. I've, I've, I won't. I've uh, opened a drawer, gotten out a wooden spoon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not proud of it. That'll learn him. That'll learn him. Right? <laughs> gotten a wooden spoon uh, <laughs> and like walked through my house into my living room to find literally nothing. Um, I watched a movie last night called Hell House LLC. Oh. Uh, it's really scary. Is it that Christian propaganda? Yes. No, it's not. Oh, okay. Um, you know that one. Uh, oh, Hell, the legend of Hell House? No, no, oh. no. For like the Halloween things that the Christians were putting on uh, haunted houses that were like, like. Oh, yeah. Like a gay person got an exorcism yeah. or like was like dying of AIDS and then no. like a girl got an abortion and like uh, all that crazy stuff. No. Absolutely not. They called it Hell House. They basically like <clears throat> oh. had people come in and then they would proselytize and they'd say, if you don't get right with Christ, then you're going to go to hell. Oh my God. And then they'd take like a hay wagon ride back to the parking lot. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> uh, I knew that was the thing. I didn't know what it was called. Yeah. But um, no, this is about these people who are putting together like a haunted house attraction. And then of course there's like actual supernatural things happening. Sure. But there were multiple times in the movie and I was legitimately spooked out by this movie. Like it was pretty well done. Um, check it out. Hell house LLC. Uh, there were multiple times though, where people would like run through the house, like looking for something or trying to like make sure that nothing was there. And I was like, get out of there right now. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. You're not safe. That's and, so funny. Yeah. And then I went to bed and I was like, every shadow I saw, I was like, Oh, it's a fucking demon. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. I really got to stop doing that to myself. Yeah, which is always. I just like them so much. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it takes a lot to really spook me out. And the last couple I've watched have done a pretty bang up job. So remember that time when I was like, horror movies are boring now. Yeah. I changed my mind. They're really good ones out there. Hey. You just have to find them. And I did some digging. All right. Yeah. I dug and I found it. <laughs> That's good. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. So, um,. So this whole Dear David thing had gotten Noah and I talking. Um, by the way, I, we have no reason to believe that it's not true. It's really exciting. I mean, go to it. It's it's mm-hmm. very well paced. But when we were going through it the other night, we were just hanging out as friends, um, drinking alcohol. The only difference was we didn't push record. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was like, yo, did you see this? And she had not seen it yet. No. Um, I started going through it and I was like, this is Awesome. This is, an, I mean, I'm sorry, Adam, uh, but I was like, this is like so cool and fake. And yep. the way that he has 
presented it in this amazing new medium. I know Twitter's not quote-unquote new, but I don't think I've ever seen anybody get national and international newspaper attention by, like, basically serializing a horror story through Twitter. Yeah, totally. And it's kind of like, um, I mean, I think it could be, if it's, if it's fake and, and it's a hoax, it could be comparable to a War of the Worlds kind of thing. Yeah, where it's people incredibly are done. so creeped out. It's very well done. Um, I mean, that's one thing that I didn't understand when I first saw it. Like the picture of Dear David is so awesome. It's so gross yeah. and weird and and fun. I didn't know he was an illustrator. Right. So I was like, how could a regular person? And then I realized <clears throat> he was an illustrator. Right. Which yeah. is great. And he killed it. And he's doing. He, so I applaud him for this, like for being so creative and finding a really cool avenue to tell this story. And because people are like, I on am. the seat of their pants. I am. Like I, <laughs> I really am. No, I mean, I, I kind of am too. Like the next night I was hanging out with some other friends and, um, I was like, have you heard the story? I literally have told everybody and I'm a follower. I mean, it's, you're welcome, Adam. <laughs> no, it's really cool. And it's, it's so, I mean, I hope. For his sake, that it's not a real story. Oh, yeah. Because um, it would be terrifying to live through. So that's kind of what, that's another reason why I'm like, kudos to you. You're killing it. But if it is real, um, <clears throat> we're thinking of you. Yeah. Keep staging. Yeah. Keep keep doing what you're doing, buddy. Maybe bring in a, like a medium or somebody. Yeah. Help you like exercise your ghost. I mean, make sure they're on the up and up because most of those fools. Call Amy Allen. Why don't you just call her? Just call her. I've been watching a lot of Amy Allen. Oh, my God. I love her so much. She's so good. Um, if you don't know who that is, <laughs> we talk about her all the time, but she's on a show called The Dead Files, or as uh, my friend Noelle lovingly calls it, The Medium and the Mook. Why? Uh, because she's a medium. And, and he's a mook. He's a mook. Uh, hey, he's listen, a- <laughs> I solved crimes with the New York Police Department for years. I don't believe in ghosts. He's a former uh, New York City police detective, and he is the best. <laughs> Steve Bouchabi. <laughs> he's amazing. Oh my God. I think my impression... Like, would not be able to hear anything coming out of my face. Yeah. My impression has gotten better. It, it definitely has gotten better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but check out The Dead Files. It's on the Travel Channel. Uh, we're big fans <clears throat> of all the ghost shows out there. It's the one to watch, oh, I yeah. would say. Watch that one. Yeah. Um, so this actually just, when I wanted to talk about a couple other ghost stories that sort of, like, captured the imagination. Uh-huh. Um, and I wanted to talk about t- The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. Are you yeah. familiar with that? Yes. So, um... It just really reminded me, I was, we were talking about this the other night, but like the way that, um, Henry James serialized this ghost story. Mm -hmm. Now, um, he wrote this ghost story in 1898. Okay. Um, for Collier's weekly magazine and once a week from January 27th to April 16th, the story came out to horrify people. So I've only read it in its entirety. I've only read it in its entirety. Yeah. So I, I've, I've never really put that together that it was. Well, I think that's why it was so enticing to people, which is why right. the turn this why Adam uh, Ellis's story of Dear David reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of this because like Twitter is a great way to serialize something, which I never really even considered. Nope. And magazines, especially in the 1800s, was right. such a great way to serialize yep. stuff. A lot of um, Edgar Allan Poe stuff, right, had been serialized. Yep. Uh, what is Collier's magazine? I've never heard of that. Um. I, you know, it was, uh, I can look it up. Yeah. Look it up. I think it was just kind of like a, like a literary magazine, like okay. a New York fun times magazine, like a New Yorker. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm I'll tell you a little before. bit. Yeah. Look it up. I'll tell okay. the peeps a little bit about this story. So 
the story is kind of a meta story because it, it starts off um, a bunch of people at Christmas trying to scare each other and tell each other ghost stories. So this guy says, I have a story that will, you know, I don't know. This is not a quote from the book, obviously, because I'm from 2017 and I cannot in any way talk like the wonderful writer Henry James. But anyway, this dude was like, yo, I've got a story that's going to turn you white. And he pretends to know. So this narrator narrates this whole thing. He pretends to know a governess who is now dead. So he tells a story about how this governess um, uh, was hired by an uncle of like two two wards who were put into his care because their parents died. Okay. Right. And um, the deal is she's replacing a young governess who died. Mm-hmm. And so she gets to this house um, and the uncle's like, do not fucking bother me. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear anything about these kids. You stay in this big house. I'm going to stay wherever I stay. Like, don't contact me. Okay. There uh, is one other person living there. The house is being cared for by Mrs. Gross. She's the housekeeper. Got it. So, um, the governess uh, meets these two kiddos. Um, One's called Miles and uh, the other one's called Flora. Miles has, and uh, Miles is uh, 10 and Flora is like eight. Mm -hmm. Miles has recently been thrown out of boarding school. And they never give a reason why. Ooh. Yeah. It's basically like he was really, really, really bad. Yeah. And he can't be here anymore. Ooh. Ooh, right? But then the weirdest thing for the governess is she meets Miles, and Miles seems fine. He's just misunderstood. Like, there's nothing wrong with him. But she always but gets this. There... Right? She always gets this, like, deep-seeking sensation that he's, like, evil. But he doesn't ever do anything. He's Damien. Right? But he doesn't do anything. That's a reference to the omen. Yeah, I know. I, okay. Was that for the people? That was, or was for, that for the, me. A little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, very long story short, um, the governess begins to, to experience horror. Okay. So she actually um, begins to see two ghosts. The horror. The horror. The horror. Um, one is uh, the ghost of Miss Jessel. Okay. Who had been the governess Previous, before her. Right. And the other one is uh, Peter Quint, who was um, the, like, groundskeeper. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't say it this way because it was a little different of time. But apparently those two were having an estuable relationship. Doing it. They were dazooing it. <laughs> I don't know how they died, but one but can... Probably while doing it. Yeah, one can only imagine that they deserve to die because they were... Doing it. Yeah. So... <laughs> doing it and doing it and doing it well. So here's the deal. <laughs> So now this is all coming together for the governess. And um, she realizes that Jessel and Quint spend a lot of their time with Flora and Miles. And so what the governess starts to become convinced is that Miles and Flora actually see these ghosts as well Mm -hmm. and communicate with them. Oh, yeah. All right. So I'm going to skip all this stuff because it's very, very long. Um, Anyway, very long story short. Finally, the governess confronts Flora about seeing Mrs. Jessel. Um, and Flora is so outraged and she's like, you're banished. I never want to see you again. Um, I'm going to get my uncle to fire you. Um, and Oh, to be an eight year old heiress. I know. Right. So she and Mrs. Gross. So Flora, who's eight years old, takes her housekeeper, Mrs. Gross away to go see the uncle at the other house, Mm -hmm. leaving the governess with miles during this time, the ghost of Quint appears to the governess 
And the governess then shields Miles from this ghost because she's totally afraid that this ghost is going to um, uh, come after him. She's afraid that he's controlled even by this ghost, that maybe that's why he was a bad kid. So she yells at the ghost. She tells the ghost to go away. She, and when the ghost goes away, she finds that Miles has died in her arms. That's it. The end. The end. That's the turn of the screw. I forgot that it ended that way. It's a really complicated story. Right. And saying it out loud right now, it doesn't make the most sense. You kind of have like these two ghosts. They sort of come in and out. The kiddos in the story are, are much creepier than I said but what if the kids are Mrs. Quint and, or Mr. Quint and the other lady, Jessel? Jessel. What if they're like, they've been rebirthed in the children and because she banished. Like, no, because Mrs. Like, Jessel was a governess that was brought true. in to take care of them. I know. I was. But of- our governess, who never, I don't actually think it's her own name, um, often found herself sitting in Jessel's place. Like, she would see where the ghost would sit, like, on the bottom of the yeah. stairs or something like that. And um, unconscious behavior would lead her to, like, mm-hmm. sit in the same places and do the same thing. Right. So there's a moment in turning the screw where you're like, is she going to die? And is she Mrs. Jessel? And are they taking her over? Right. Yeah. Is there some kind of, like, yeah. There's so much suspense, which, again, when I explain it out loud, it doesn't, it doesn't make the most sense, to be honest with you. But I don't know... But week after week, like, that's a thing. So let me tell you what Collier's Magazine was. Yeah, but getting it, yeah, I was going to say getting it week after week. And again, with this whole, like, um, Dear David story, it's, I don't know that it's even designed to make sense. Well. Because people are like, who, I remember talking to somebody else and they're like, who's the girl I saw in the library? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> well, and this is, this is. But a, I think that's what you get with serialized horror is that. Well, I think serialized anything, I think, and writers definitely have an advantage in that way. Unless, and, and this is the problem with, like for writers with binge watching shows like with the Netflix thing now is that you can't really have any plot holes or errors yeah, people are paying way too much it's attention. too linear where like, um, I just, just because it's like fresh in my mind, like with game of Thrones and there's so many, there's so many, um, storylines going on. There's so many characters. There's so many times where I'm watching the show and I'm like, wait, why is she mad at him? Like what? I, what happened again? Remind me because it's been like three episodes mm-hmm. since we've revisited it. And so it's, it's easy. I think sometimes for the writers to be kind of like, we can fudge this a little bit because yeah. they're not like week after week. Like if something gets missed, it's a little bit okay because you're just kind of like hoping for some kind of resolution for whatever that, that climax. Was. And I will say, I'm glad that you brought up game of Thrones in a way because Henry James, if you haven't read Henry James, please do. He is a wordsmith. And mm-hmm. so part of the pleasure of reading him is how he says things. Right. He can, for four paragraphs, talk about an apparition looking at you through a window. And it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Story-wise, there's no there there. Right. But in terms of his writing, it's like, holy shit. It's language. It's, yeah, yeah. it's the characters. It's so it's, and that's very similar to Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's the characters. You're looking at beautiful people all the time and it's fantastic. And so... It's easy to kind of like, you know, smudge things a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, let me tell you about Colliers. Colliers. This is from Wikipedia, the foremost authority of everything that is true. 
Uh, Collier's was an American magazine founded in 1888 by Peter Fenelon Collier. It was initially launched as Collier's Once a Week, then changed in 1895 to Collier's Weekly, an illustrated journal, and finally shortened in 1905 to simply Collier's. Oh. The magazine ceased publication <laughs> with the issued date January 4th, uh, 1957, though a brief failed attempt was made to revive the Collier's name with the new magazine in 2012. Oh, so recent uh, revival. Yeah, so didn't go anywhere with that, but just kind of like a kind of like a Vanity Fair, Bazaar, or Harper's. Yeah, exactly, like exactly. Just kind of like short stories and um, probably some updates on the world around us mm-hmm. or what socialites were doing. Oh yes, of course. What yeah. the latest fashions were of the well, time. Well, and Henry James himself was a celebrity. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was probably very close to like a Vanity Fair. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Good to know. for looking that up. Yeah. Happy to do it. Okay. So I thought in the spirit of viral stories, <gasps> we would do some other viral stories. Okay. I like um, it. Just because these things are fun. I, I was trying to think like, what are, what are these, like the phenomenon of Dear David, which I just think is fantastic. And then with the turn of the screw being this like serialized phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, I started thinking about like some spooky urban legends and some things that like, by the way, as I tell these stories, you're going to be like. I know this already. But do you? You do. You know all of these stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they're but sort of, do you? But do you? <laughs> but they are. They're sort of amazing in terms of like how every single person knows them. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's one. A newlywed couple, Ben and Abby, were driving up the northern California coast. On a curve, they passed a solitary hitchhiker, <gasps> a young woman in a wispy white dress standing on the shoulder with a thumb outstretched. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Abby encouraged Ben to turn around and get the girl. As they approached the girl from the opposite direction, they could see that her dress was in tatters. When the woman got in, she said, thank you. I have to get home. My parents will be worried sick. Ben asked her where she lived. And the woman said, just on the road, about 10 miles, then it, there's an intersection with an abandoned gas station. Across from there, it's a white house with a rose garden. They're waiting for me. Abby attempted to make conversation, but the girl was silent, and the couple thought they should let her rest. After about 15 minutes, Ben pulled up to the house. Abby turned to, to wake the young woman to discover she was gone. A light came on, and two people, an elderly couple, stepped out onto the porch. Can we help you? The man asked. I don't know, Ben said. We were driving and we picked up this hitchhiker. It was a girl. And she gave you this address, said the man, and asked you to bring her home. They said yes. The man then said, she was our daughter. Her name was Stephanie. She was killed seven years ago by a hit and run driver on this highway. They never caught who did it. I guess her spirit won't rest until they do. So there's that one. Have you heard that one? I have. And uh, I, I don't think I've ever heard it with the actual names of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, kudos to Abby for trusting. Uh, I actually having... put names for the people. Oh, you did? I made that up. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, I never. Because I had only been the woman and the man, and I decided to make it more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. I was like, oh, I never knew their names. Um, I for was just... for all, you, all you listeners, just so you know. No. Out, that's not. I, would... I put those names in there. I was just proud. Um of Abby for uh, feeling strong enough in her relationship to pick up a beautiful girl on the side of the street. I agree. And I also think also being empathetic to that girl's play. Cause she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, she could have been like attacked by some psycho guy and was trying to get away. 
Yeah. And everybody's driving past her. Because Had her dress. We don't want to pick up hitchhikers. Well, yeah. But we don't know where she's been. Speaking of which, I will skip one to tell you <laughs> something about being nice to people. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Here we go. Pay it forward, my friends. Pay yeah. Pay it forward. This one, I didn't give people names. There's a different one I did. T- I gave fake names to. <laughs> I love <Okay>. it. <laughs> so one day, a woman pulled into a gas station before picking her daughter up from school. She mm-hmm. was running very late. A well-dressed man walked over to her car and started talking to her. He explained that his rental car had died and he needed a ride so he could make his appointment. The woman said she would be happy to give him a ride. He put his briefcase in the back seat and said he was going to the men's room quickly. He took a really long time and worried about her daughter and forgetting completely about the briefcase. The woman decided she could no longer wait for him. She drove off. When she pulled into the driveway, she realized that she still had the man's briefcase. She opened it, looking for some form of identification so she could return it to him. Instead, inside, she found nothing but a knife and a roll of duct tape. Ooh. <laughs> Here's the deal. Do you know that one? Uh, or a version of it? I know a version of that. Yeah. And like, oh man. Trust me, as I was looking for these, there's like 30 versions of each of these stories. I like, and, and this goes along with like picking up people. And I literally, I just rewrote them all to be as simplified yeah. as possible. Use your discretion when picking up people on the side of the road. <laughs> right. Um, There's another one where it was like, she opened, I don't know if it was a briefcase in that version or it was like a piece of luggage. She opened the suitcase, I think, in that one. Yeah. I forgot about that one. that it was like chloroform, <laughs> chloroform, uh, duct tape, and a noose, which it's is the, so gruesome. It's the Casey Anthony kit. Oh. 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 I had to. Sorry. Leon. I... I, come on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you're going to the hate mail. Um, uh, <laughs> you don't check it. it I don't. Matter. I know. Sorry. Jay's going to be really upset with me. No, I'm fine. Um, yeah, I've heard, I, I forgot about that one. That one's terrible. Yeah. There's a lot what of different versions. What do you think she was doing in the bathroom? I don't know. I mean, there's, the first thing you could think of that takes a while is. Right. <laughs> is, do you think he was just having second thoughts? It just seems really nice. I don't know yeah. if this is a good idea. But Let's <laughs> go with second thoughts instead of masturbating. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like he was taking a poop. Oh, <laughs> that's never where my mind is. We are so different. Yeah. I know. Um, like, wait, what? <laughs> what do people do in bathrooms? <laughs> so. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. Whoops. What's the next one? Um, on a, on a brighter note. Oh, I, this one actually reminds me of you. <laughs> oh, good. Which I liked. Um, a young woman was married in the backyard of a large farmhouse where she grew up. <laughs> well, I wasn't young. <laughs> and the rest is true. It was a beautiful wedding and everything went perfectly. Afterwards, the guests started playing some uh, party games and uh, somebody suggested hide and seek. So, <laughs> like you do at weddings. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the groom was it, and the bride wanted to make sure that she won the game. So she slipped inside the house and she tried to think of, because it was her family home, right? What would be the hardest place for him to find her? So she went up to the attic. She found an old trunk, and she hid it. In. Now the groom looked around the house and couldn't find her. Now, eventually, no one could find her anywhere. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone freaked out. The groom and her parents filed a missing persons case, but she was never found. A few years later, her mother died. So this, uh, this widow, this, this, uh, woman's father, uh, went through all of his late wife's things that were collecting basically dust in the attic. And he came around to this old chest and he was curious. He wanted to see what was in it. Should he donate? Should he sell it? What, what was in this chest? Um, the lid was closed. And it was really hard for him to open it because the lock had, the lock had rusted over. He opened, he finally got the lid open and saw his daughter's decaying body in the chest. When she hid there, the lid had closed and locked and they all thought that she had been kidnapped, but she had been in the home the whole time. Well, here's my problem with this. That would have smelled like shit. Why did you never smell this? Like, what did your house smell like? It was a good trunk. I mean, was it? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Were these people hoarders? Do they not like... Also, like, good for her for being able to fit in a trunk. Yeah, that is, yes, good point. <laughs> With a wedding dress on. Yeah, the ghost studio has a trunk, and there's... We, listen, we take turns... What? Trying to fit into the trunk. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we too. That's how we, that's how we work our diet. <laughs> get in the trunk. That's how we decide who goes first on the show. <laughs> if you can get out of the trunk, you go first. We, we have one of those, uh, it's like a travel, this huge travel case that we send out for work um, when we're setting up places and like we put all of our supplies and shit in there and it's like a, a coffin. We call it a coffin. Yeah. And so um, we were somewhere and we were like making a couple of the guys take turns to see if they could fit inside. <gasps> Dude. Cause you know, why not? We're adults. Um, and uh, one of the guys fit in like perfectly and we closed it on him. <gasps> um, and uh, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday. Happy hey. birthday bubbles. Um, and, uh, uh, like, I think like it was one of those moments where I was like, open it, open up. Like I can't, I couldn't handle Mm -hmm. it. And I was like, I had one more second in there before I like started to freak out. I would have freaked out. Yeah. I can't believe he let us close it on him. I wouldn't be able to breathe. No, it's terrifying. Cause it's just like plastic. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Got another one for you. Okay. Okay. Two college roommates were in the same class. The professor, um, basically, they were having a big exam the next day. Okay. All right. And so one of the girls, Kat, had got asked to this big uh, bash by the hottest guy in their college. Um, What's his name? <laughs> Chad. <laughs> Why there's Chad. a hottest guy in your college? Well, I mean, I went to a huge college. Can you right. imagine? Out of all those, like, it's like Mine 35. Mine was named Joe. 35,000 people. There's the hottest guy in school. Give me a break. Um, Ooh, it's Chad. Ooh, it's Chad. <laughs> they probably went to like a small Christian college. Yeah, I would assume. Yeah. So anyway, Kat and Sarah are uh, roommates and Sarah's like, I'm not going because she's a nerd. No. <laughs> Sarah's like, I- <laughs> because she's no fun. So uh, yeah, she was like, I'm not going to go because I have to study. But Kat was like, nerd. Yeah. Kat was like, dude. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. But Sarah was immovable, and so she did not go. Um, oh, my God, I know this one. Yeah. So the deal was, um, Sarah was like, have fun, but remember about this big test, um, and don't fucking wake me up. All right. So but do you remember that Chad was going to be at the party? Because right? he's the hottest guy at school, he and he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. So Kat went to the party, and she had the time of her life with Chad. She headed back right. to the dorm room around t- uh, 2 a.m. 
A note was taped to the door. Don't wake me up. We have a big test tomorrow. Kat was as quiet as she could be, and she was really careful not to turn on the light. In the morning, Kat turned on the desk lamp to see a gruesome scene. Sarah's study stuff was open and had blood all over it. Sarah had been slaughtered. Kat, in horror, fell to the floor and looked up and saw, written on the wall in Sarah's blood, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? Ugh. <laughs> the end. Ugh, that one always gets me. That, right? What a cautionary tale. It's such a cautionary ta- tale. <laughs> which is like, shaming too. you should always go out with your friends. Dude, go to the party. Go to the party. If you stay home and, and study, you're going to get murdered. Don't be a nerd. I don't think it's slut shaming. I think it's the opposite. <laughs> it's yeah. be social, go out with your friends. This is why I did so well in college, because right? that haunted That's why me. you lived. <laughs> Live to tell you guys. Um, <laughs> my roommates and I were really good at sticking together and never leaving alone in the room. We never studied, in fact. <laughs> and we always slept in the And we got off. the lowest marks. Okay, I only have two more. I'm going to do <laughs> this. Um, you for sure all know this one. A married couple... We're going out for the evening and called in a teenage babysitter to take care of their three children. (laughs) When she arrived, they told her uh, they probably wouldn't be back until late and that the kids had already gone to sleep. So she didn't need to disturb them. Mm -hmm. The babysitter starts doing her homework. um, At the time, she's she's waiting for a call from her boyfriend. Now, this is an old urban legend. Yes. So you have to remember, some of you listening probably don't even know what this is, but phones used to be attached to walls. (laughs) And they came in yellow, avocado, and um, uh, like an like a tan, a little bit of a taupey color. Yeah, like yeah. a taupe. <laughs> and they had a dial. You had to sure. Sometimes you had the like. You would actually push. There would be buttons. Yeah, that would light up when you push them. Sometimes, so sometimes they'd hang from the wall, or sometimes they would be like on a little phone table. Uh huh. Yeah, they would. We had phone that tables. Were, yeah. So I would pull my mother's that. phone or the phone in my parents' room um, into her big walk-in closet so I'd have privacy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, duh. <laughs> uh, going back to the last story, when I was in college, mm-hmm. uh, we had a, a dial phone, too. Oh, sure. Um, and that we would, when we made private calls to our family... We would um, take the phone out of our dorm room into the hallway to have our private conversation. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. So, anywho, so there's some context if you don't know why she actually like kept picking up this fucking phone. And there's apparently no caller ID. There's in this no either. caller ID. Okay. <clears throat> so she's no. doing her homework and she's waiting for a call from her boyfriend. So the phone rings and she answers it, but she hears no one at the other end. Just silence. So. Whoever is on the other end just kind of breathes a little bit and hangs up. Right. Right. And she's like, I never perv. Anyway. Um, so. Well, and, and for, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. No. For all you young people out there, this was a thing that people would do where you would get <laughs> like these obscene phone calls. That's like what they would call them. Yeah. My mom actually talks about like at this job that she had where they would call the number and like say like all kinds of perverted things or just be breathing on the other <clears> line because <throat> you had access to everybody's phone number in the phone book. Now the phone book is something. <laughs> <laughs> this story's getting really long. I'm just kidding. No, because no, we really do have to be anthropological. Now phone book is something 
you will not believe this. They used to waste so much paper. So much paper. We still get them. I know. When I get them, I get so angry about it. The phone books are here. The phone books are here. It's, yeah. So, like, it was very easy to access anybody's phone number. Mm -hmm. And you had to pay to have, like, your phone number. um, Yeah, you had had to pay to have it not listed. Yeah. So. My uncle had a not listed number. Yeah. Like, so it's a whole thing. So it was really easy for, like kids to prank people. Oh or, my God, it was so easy. I mean, we did it all the time when I was a kid. Yeah. Is your refrigerator running? Well, you better go catch it. Mm-hmm. You know, like bullshit like that. But people like, this was kind of like in the heyday of like, you know, it was, you could order pizzas. We would order pizzas from Domino's and send them to somebody else's house. Yeah, totally. But like, you know, s- sexual predators would like call women and mm-hmm. just breathe on the other <laughs> end and like make gross remarks to them because they could. Speaking of which, Please continue. <laughs> so the phone rings again. And of course she's convinced that this is going to be her boyfriend. Um, and she answers it. And this time there's a man on the line. A man? A man. <laughs> and he says, have you checked the children? Oh. Then he hangs up. At first she thinks it might have been like the parents. And then like, then she's like, but that's weird. Why would they do that? And then she goes back to doing her homework. <laughs> Because, you know, the 80s, right? <laughs> then the phone rings again. Oh, God. She answers, and the male voice says, have you checked the children? At this point, she's freaking out, so she dials 911 and says she's getting weird phone calls. And the dispatcher says, we'll trace it. But also, but have you checked the children? Yeah. <laughs> well, she's got homework to do. A few minutes But seriously, go by. this is your job. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> let's get with it um and she gets another call why haven't you checked the children oh god at this point she's totally freaking out the phone rings again and like without thinking about she just screams into the phone leave me alone we would probably never answer right but instead she's like leave me alone but this time it's the dispatcher and his voice is urgent we've traced the call it's coming from another room inside of the house get out of there she runs to the front door she runs outside in just a few moments, a cop car pulls up and says she's safe. The officer runs into the house as an intruder is fleeing. He then finds all three children, all three children, dead. So she... So I don't do your homework. Would assume she didn't get paid for that. <laughs> I mean, she... Yeah, no, I would assume that she's in a sanitarium. It's coming from inside the house. I know. It's so, like, cliche. It's coming from inside the house. There's a... That's from a um, a great movie called A Stranger... Uh, oh, shoot. I have to look it up. Okay. Is it A Stranger Within? There's two... There there was a remake of it recently, and it's creepy. Well, I have one more. Yeah. And then we'll let the people go. Okay. Here's another babysitting story. By the way, um, the amount of babysitter stories... There's so many. <laughs> For urban legends. A stranger so calls. Many. When a stranger calls. Um, sorry. When a stranger calls. Go see it. In Netflix by you? Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, the original was in 1979, and then When a Stranger Calls Back was in 1993, and then the remake was in 2006. Ooh. They're creepy. All of them. <laughs> All right. Here's one that is. Um, you decide. A teenage girl is babysitting for a family in Newport Beach, California. Thank you for being so specific. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the family is wealthy and has a very large house. 
The father tells the babysitter that once the children are in bed, she should um, uh, just go into the den and watch TV. Mm-hmm. So the parents take off, and as soon as she gets the key, the kids into bed, she goes into the room. She just watches television. Um, she is trying to, like, watch her show, but she's, like, really dis- disturbed by this clown statue in the corner of the room. God damn it. So she just, like, I don't know. She tries to ignore it. But she just thinks it's really weird and scary. And, like, why does this fucking family have this, like, weird fucking clown statue? Right. Right? So she calls the father. And she's like, hey, the kids are in bed. But is it is it okay if I switch rooms? Because he had kind of been, like, to stay in this one room. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it okay if I switch rooms? This clown statue is really creeping me out. The father says very seriously and very urgently, get the kids out, go next door, and call 911. She's like, what's going on? And he's like, just go next door. Once you call the police, call me back. So this babysitter gets the kids. She goes next door. She calls the police. When the police are on the way, she calls the father back. And she asks, like, what's your deal? What's going on? He responds, we don't have a clown statue. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. I've heard that one before where she's, like, in their bedroom. And there's, like, a statue outside the, the window. Oh. So I've heard a different version of that one, too. Yeah. But all a very creepy. Yeah, I'm sure you can find all of these in all different... Numerous versions. Numerous versions. All of these things. Um, and I sort of try to distill... It's for the best. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, they can go on forever, and you're basically like, oh, yeah, there's a clown statue. Yeah. But it's totally. not a clown. I mean, right. it's not a statue. It's a real person. And... It was going to murder all of them. My question is, what was the clown waiting for? I don't know. Like, and how still? Like, right. So, kudos to the clown. Yeah, that is some good, like, Suzuki muscle skill. Very much so. But, like, <laughs> what was like what was the moment that you were waiting for? Like, I know. For her to fall asleep? Like, what was the deal? Why didn't she also, I mean, Yeah. There are flaws to the story, is what you I'm think? saying. A few. <laughs> the other one's totally believable. The other one's totally believable. This one, not so much. The trunk story was like totally believable. Totally believable because those people were clearly hoarders. <laughs> they had some dead cats living in yeah, there. Yeah, they played hide and seek on her wedding day. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we see you. We like, we get it. <laughs> You're trash, darling. Trash. Sublandorse <laughs> it. I mean, do you I, know what that's from? Uh, Sybil, but anyway. Oh, okay. That was my Sally Field impression. That was from. good. I, would, I also love that I only have hearing in one ear and I'm trying to do impressions. I think that's good. You, you killed it. Do you think I did? I just watched that uh, new Sally Field movie with my parents. My name is Doris. Hello, my name is Doris. Have uh-huh. you watched it? No. It's delightful. Yeah. It's delightful. She gets her bone on, right? She does not. Oh. Um, Way to ruin it. I, well, I thought she, like, goes on dates with a young man. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to, like, give it away. Oh. Um, you should check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, Sibylline Dorset, you're a Puerto Rican lady. <laughs> but Sally Field is back. No, she's, she's... Where did she go? I don't know. I dare you. I haven't... I don't know. She's been around. No, but it's a delightful, <laughs> delightful romp. <laughs> a delightful romp. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that's all we have for uh, High Spirits this evening time. I think so. Oh, wait. No, I was going to ask you, yeah. um, has there... Since you did all of this, has there been any update from Adam? Oh, can we I check look the, on Twitter really Can we fast. check the Twitter to see if he's posted anything? I just got a call from the Goodman Theater. <laughs> that's not 
Look at you name dropping. I, I'm sure they're just trying. Oh, to... the Goodman Theater is just calling me out of the blue. Well, I'm I'm doing ghost work, people. I'm sure they just wanted to update your subscription. Subscription. <laughs> um, where's my Twitter? Well, while you're looking that up, um, I completely just went blank. I have nothing to say. Ah. Uh... God, I hope you find it soon. No, you um, know what? Thank you for vamping. Um, uh, I'm doing a terrible job. No, of you're vamping. doing great. You know what? It's taking me too long to find um, Adam. It's just taking me too long. No, to no, do no. Whole that's thing. okay. So here's the deal, everybody. I'm gonna post. Um, we'll post anything about this story immediately. Again, it is by Adam Ellis. His Twitter handle is Moby underscore Dickhead. Um, please follow him on Twitter and um, follow Dear David. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm pulling them up right now, but... Can you find it fast? I don't know that I can find, like, the most recent, um, but... <gasps> he made a Storify. What's that? Storify.com of all my Dear David friend threads for easier viewing. I'll keep it up to date, which um, makes me feel like this is definitely... Serialist. Yeah. That's cool. Well, but, he did it right. I so, mean, hats off. Yeah, you can go to uh, Storify.com and look up Dear David. Um, get that picture. Did he just update it? That 34 minutes ago. So creepy. Uh, you guys, we are on the cutting edge of podcasting. So, yeah. Um, let me get to the bottom of this page. Um, there's so much. I know. Is he linking in all the newspaper articles? No, it doesn't look like it. No, he's just taking... So it looks like he's taking a lot of... Oh, that's him staging. There's a lot. Um, He said... He was smaller this time. This was today at 1.26 p.m. He was smaller this time, almost shrunken. He didn't do or say anything except look at me. Anyway, I feel that's a bad omen. Oh, this is in relation to... A, I'm sorry, there were a few. Let me start from the beginning. Okay. Um, okay. He said, stage did not work. I haven't dreamed about David in a few months, but he appeared again last night. In the dream, my bedroom was filled with a hazy smoke, but I could see David sitting in the chair across the room. He was smaller this time, almost shrunken. He didn't do or say anything except look at me. Anyway, I feel it, it feels like a bad omen. Yikes. So uh, take care, Adam Ellis, or if <clears throat> you're fucking with us, well done. Yeah, buddy. or you're, if you're fine, like... You're killing it, man. You're killing it. This shit is awesome. We are fans. Yeah. Follow me back, boo. He's also quite a looker. He's a little handsome, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well done, buddy. Yeah. I mean, I thought he was very handsome, but I also thought maybe... No, he's very handsome. He looks kind of like a guy that we know, which I will say... Yep. I'm not going to say who it is, but he does. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you have been listening to High Spirits. We are sponsored by uh, alcohol companies. Um... Noel, who's your alcohol company? Oh, Liberté, Cabernet Sauvignon. Get some grapes on ya. Mm-hmm. And today I've taken a leap outside of Illinois and I've gone all the way to Colorado <gasps> and I'm drinking Odell Brewing Company's Drumroll APA. Colorado. Colorado. Black gold Texas tea. No, it's a different state. I know, I know, I know. Um... As always, thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook. We're uh, High Spirit Chicago Podcast. You can find us at Gmail. We're High Spirit Chicago at gmail.com. You can listen to us on iTunes. We're High Spirit Chicago Podcast. And um, on Twitter, I think we're at 
High Spirit, High Spirit Chicago. Chicago. And then you also... On Instagram at, at High Spirit Chicago. On SoundCloud, where... Well, if you're listening to this, you're probably at SoundCloud first. Yeah. So you so can find us. You, you know, know you are. got... You found us. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to our Dear David and Other Scary Stories um, of uh, stuff. <laughs> of ghostesses, mayhem, and murder. Um, Noelle has one final thing to say to all of you. Sweet dreams.